Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. to be discontent, right? I mean, here we go into the holiday season. It is here. It is on us. Immediately after Halloween, we go right into November, obviously, and that starts the ball rolling uh, for all of us moving fast forward into Thanksgiving, into Christmas, into the New Year's and the such. And so today I wanted to kind of get a head start on that. I want to get ahead of the curve and ahead of the the theme or the holiday season, if you will, and try to share with us some things about how we can be content in a world that is obviously discontent, okay? And I want to try to unpack a little bit of that for us today. So simply today's message is uh, trying to prepare ourselves for the holiday season. Tis the season to be discontent, right? I mean, um, I don't know, we're in political season as well, and I think everyone definitely needs to vote. It's one of the rights that we have as Americans, so everybody needs to go vote uh, by this Tuesday anyway. Uh, and my belief on that really has nothing to do with my or your politics. It has everything to do with the freedom that men and women have died and given their life so that we have the freedom to go and vote. So I want to encourage you to go and do that. So we're going to do that this week, but then it's boom, it's fast forward, straight into Thanksgiving, straight into the Christmas season. Um, my wife and I went out yesterday, and uh, we went to that wonderful Christmas store called Hobby Lobby, right? You've been there and done that. And my wife, she wanted to go there, and she said, Will you? And I said, Okay. And uh so there we go, and we start with one cart, and then I thought, I need to go get another cart. And so then we both have our carts, and uh, we're kind of walking through that. It's not that we bought a bunch of stuff. It's just what, what, what we did buy was kind of big. It was kind of some decoration. But guess what we're already starting to do? Somebody said it. We're starting to decorate for Christmas, right? Now, typically in the Cannon household, we don't start that till really Thanksgiving Day. That's kind of our day that we start. We have our family Thanksgiving meal, and I like to get outside and do the outside Christmas decorations on Thanksgiving Day. That has been our tradition through the years. However, this year, and I'm going to blame all of this on Hallmark, that, that wonderful Hallmark channel, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? That has those... Cheesy <laughs> Christmas movies. How many of you guys watch? How many of you ladies watch that? Guys, how many of you have to endure that with the wife a little bit? And um, so it's that time of year. Do you know that Hallmark Christmas Channel now, they have two? They have one that's a, a drama channel, like it never was a drama channel, right? But now they have the Hallmark Drama Channel, and now they've added an additional channel to Hallmark. It is the Hallmark Christmas Story Mystery Channel. Have you guys seen that? Have you seen them on TV? Well, they're out there. But here's the deal. Whether it's the Drama Channel or whether it's the Hallmark Christmas Story Mystery Channel, you can figure it all out in the first three minutes. Are you with me? 
You watch three or five minutes of the first of it. Oh, here's the theme. This is what's going to happen. Here's the bad guy. Here's the good guy. This girl's going to fall in love with this guy. And the whole next hour and a half, two hours, whatever, slowly it drags all of that out. But um, here's what we heard on the news first thing this morning. We're getting ready, and we got the news on, and they come across with this, come across the news, and they said, you know what? This year, first time really this year, everyone is getting a head start on Christmas and how it started in October, but really started November 1st. Boom. Uh, the whole industry, just boom, Christmas has started. And they said, you know why? And this is what they were saying on the news, and the talking heads and, and what have you. They said, the reason being is because it gives you those warm fuzzies that you had as a child. I looked at my wife and I said, is that why we're doing all this? Is it because of those warm fuzzies that you had of your childhood memories? And she looks at me and says, hmm, yeah, exactly. So anyway, we are there, right? And so I thought what I would do is kind of break away from the D6 theme this week and talk about tis the season to be discontent. Now, we have that in this nation that we live in called America. I mean, we are in the get it now, right? Keep up with the Joneses. We've got to have it type of mentality. And there's nothing really wrong with this desire to acquire, right? I mean, we've all kind of had that for different reasons. But here's the problem. This uncontrolled desire to acquire is called coveting. And I want to try to unpack that a little bit this morning and share with you a few negative effects of this desire to acquire and get more and more and more. Uh, this is really going to be a two-part message. Uh, today I'm going to talk about the effects of wanting more. Next Sunday I want to come back and I want to share with you on how to be content. How can we learn some things from God's Word that can teach us to be content in this world that we're living in today? So it's a two-part message. Uh, today's the... The message is kind of, really, it's the introduction, but it's, I'd let it be the whole message. It's kind of talking about uh, some negative impacts, some negative effects that being discontent has on us. And I want to try to show you what God's Word has to say about that. So this uncontrolled desire to acquire is called coveting in the Bible. Materialism, this uncontrolled desire to get more. And that's really what I want to address so that we can put some safeguards in place as we start rolling into this season that we, um, that we have. Okay. So before I go any further, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for our time together today and thank you for the word of God and how we can go to scripture and find the answers for everything that we're dealing uh, with in life today. And, and I pray you open up our hearts and our minds and help us to receive the word of God today. May there be some points, a verse of scripture that really speaks to our heart. And our prayer is that the spirit of God would take the word of God and make us all more like the son of God. And Lord, we, we live in this spiritual battle every single day. And we have these fiery darts that are shot our way from Satan himself that try to get us off track. Lord, help us to help us to have a mind like you. And, and our prayer is that the Spirit of God would take the Word of God and conform us into the image of the Son of God. Uh, speak to our hearts today. And if there is anyone here that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray that today would be the day that they would give their heart and give their life to you. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. I want to start really with a passage of scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse number 6. Now I'll have it on the screen for you. I want to encourage you to follow along in your Bibles, whatever devices that you have, whether it's electronic or a traditional Bible. But I want you to jot these down. I think I also have them for you on your sermon notes. And I put the full scripture in there because I want you to highlight some things. I want you to underline some things. I want you to get some of what I'm going to be sharing with you here today. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse number 6 says this. It says, better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. I want you to circle the phrase chasing the wind, that hard work of chasing the wind. Scripture has a lot to say about this desire to acquire that we have. And by the way, that is a gift from God. I mean, he's given us that desire that we have. It's not that it's an evil thing, but anything that's out of control can obviously lead to heartache and lead to problems. And so Ecclesiastes 4 says it's better to have one handful of quietness than to pursue two handfuls with hard work in this chasing of the wind. So today I want to share with you five effects that this desire that's out of control of wanting more has on us as individuals. So the first thing I want you to write down is the word fatigue. Wanting more leads to fatigue in all of our lives. Being stressed out and being fatigued and being exhausted and and always desiring to acquire more and to get more. It is exhausting. That race that you run, it's like the hamster on the wheel. You just keep running, 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 and it leads to fatigue. I want you to look what Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 4 simply says. It says, don't wear yourself out to get rich. Be wise enough to restrain yourself okay i think that's a very good passage of scripture don't wear yourself out to get rich but be wise enough to put some restraints in your life and this is called keeping up with the joneses right I mean, we look around, we live in the culture today where our neighbors or uh, I call this the middle school syndrome, right? You know, when you're in middle school, that's when you really start paying attention to fashion and what everybody else is going on. Maybe it starts earlier, but it seems like in elementary school, it's not there as much. But definitely in middle school, I mean, the jeans have to be the right type of jeans. The the outfits have to be the, the right type of outfits. The shoes have to be the right type of shoes. And fortunately and hopefully and prayerfully, we are able to grow our children through that middle school syndrome phase, right? But the sad thing is a lot of adults never grow out of that. They get into their adult life and they think, well, I've got to have a home like so-and-so. Or I've got to have furniture like so-and-so. Or I've got to have clothes like so-and-so. Or I've got to have a car like so-and-so. And I've got this image that I want to portray, that I want, want to keep up with the Joneses. Well, here's the problem with that. We try our best to keep up with the Joneses, and we think we're on top of it, and boom, we think we got it all together, and guess what? All of a sudden, one day, the Joneses go and they refinance, right? And now they have this influx of cash, and they're going and buying more stuff, and now it's back into the middle school syndrome we go as adults. All of that, I'm simply trying to say, leads to fatigue. And Scripture speaks towards that often. I'm going to talk to you about the solution definitely next week, but at the end of my message today, I'm going to talk to you about the solution. But this is where that leads, that desire to acquire, to get more and more and more and more 
one of the effects of that is fatigue. The second effect of that, wanting more, leads to debt. Right? It leads to debt. Coveting destroys a budget. Right? Miss Beth, say amen. Amen. She heads up and leads our financial piece here at the church and does a wonderful job teaching that and leading that. But this desire to acquire, to get more and more stuff, unfortunately leads to debt. It would destroy your budget. You see, we think the problem is that we don't have enough money. But that's not the problem. The problem is not that we don't have enough money. The problem is we want too much. Amen. The problem is we simply want too much. So we confuse the idea of need with greed. Look what Ecclesiastes 5.11 says. It says, the more you have, the more you spend. I want you to underline that in your notes. The more you have, the more you spend. Right up to the limits of your income. So what is the advantage of wealth except perhaps to watch it as it runs through your Fingers. Now, that's out of the Living Bible translation, but I thought it unpacked it pretty good in contemporary language for us to get an idea of what that is. The more you have, the more you spend. Right? Uh, some folks said, I heard someone one time say that I'm starving on the salary that I once dreamed about having. Right? The more you make, the more you spend, the more you get. I mean, it's just this unending cycle that continues to go on and on and on. You've heard the old phrase, and this is not original with me, but we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't even finish it like or no, right? We buy things with money we we don't have, things we don't need to impress people that maybe necessarily we don't even like. Or no. So we got to get a handle on that. So it causes debt. The average American, I ran this yesterday. I was doing some research on this. The average American household, get this, has $15,482 in credit card debt. Now Beth probably could speak into that a lot more than I can. But think about that. That's that desire to acquire. And anytime we have that mentality and it's out of control, that's called coveting. And Scripture speaks into that and says that that is a sin. We need to get all of that in control, especially as we're going into this holiday season. Can I get an amen? Right? So this desire to acquire. Matter of fact, on November the 15th, I want you to put this on your calendar. On November the 15th, we are having a free live streaming, free for you. Miss Beth paid for it. It's free for anybody that will come. Miss Beth has already made the investment for all of us. That if you will come to this, we're going to have Dave Ramsey, and he's going to speak about smart money on November the 15th at 645. Okay, and I think it runs. I think it's like a two-hour conference uh, that they're doing, and it's going to be live streamed in here for us. But I want you to see this, and I want you to be here for this, and stay as long as you can. But come and get something out of it anyway. It'll help all of us as as we look at this thing called debt. I want you to watch this short video, and I have it on the speaker here, so hopefully you can hear it. Three and a half years of my life, losing everything we own. Feels to be there. I've been there, done that. That began a quest to figure out how money really works. 
You've probably not had anybody tell you that you can do this. We must understand we've got an opportunity. We came here because we want to make smarter decisions. What you can conceive and believe, you can achieve. Because I think it's time for you to take control. You get to choose who you're going to be. You get to decide how you're going to live. We get focused and we start to get intentional. Things can happen to you all. You need to choose the opportunity and avoid the chances. Your marriage, it is that serious. Your finances, it is that serious. You being here today, it is that serious. If you can be focused and you can be intense, you can do this stuff. This stuff works. Again, You got to love Dave Ramsey, right? And so we're going to be hosting and having that seminar here. And so I want to encourage you to come and be be part of that. Okay. Third thing I want you to jot down about this desire to acquire. A third effect is not only does it lead to fatigue, not only does it lead to debt, but also it leads to worry. Now get a hold of this one. It leads to worry. Worry simply is a result of this desire of wanting more and protecting what you already have, right? There are, there's a couple of things I want us to look at. Look at the scripture, first of all, in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse number 12. People who work hard sleep well, whether they eat little or much, but the rich seldom get a good night's rest. Why is that? It could be because they lay up all night worrying about it. I mean, they worry about saving it. They worry about investing it. They worry about paying taxes on it. They worry about protecting it. They worry about maintaining it. They worry about polishing it. I mean, and it goes on and on and on. The more stuff you have, really, the more stuff you're consumed with worrying about, right? So obviously that is one of the side effects of coveting and desiring and wanting more and more. Here's number four. Wanting more leads to conflict. Wanting more leads to conflict. When you add up debt to fatigue, to worry, and you put all three of those things together, the outcome of that usually at the end of the day is conflict. Scripture says in James 4 and verse number 1, it says, what, what is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that are at war within you? He's asking the question. He says, where does the quarreling come from? Where does the fighting come from? You know where it comes from? It comes from those selfish desires that we have within us. And so all of this desire to acquire, if it's not kept in control, can lead to fatigue, can lead to debt, can lead to worry, can lead to conflict. I've heard this, and this statement's not original with me, but I've heard it often, that money makes people funny. Have you seen that? I mean, money changes people, right? And sometimes I think God puts a damper on sometimes how much we may get because of how he knows that it will impact us and change us and how out of control we may get, right? So everybody can't handle it. Money makes a lot of people, finish it for me, tap your neighbor on the shoulder and say money makes him funny. Go ahead, do that, okay? Because money does make people funny, Financial tension comes when you want more and more and more than what you can really afford. Living, we've got to learn to live within our means, right? 
and budget and plan and quit trying to keep up with the Joneses and realize all those things and all the tinsel that's going to be flashed before us in all the commercials. By the way, has your inbox, has your mailbox been flooded? Has your text messaging been flooded? Not just my text messages that I've been sending you lately, but has your text messages been flooded with all the politicians that are saying vote, 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 and all the mail and all the door hangers and everybody knocking doors and carry on? Guess what? That's all going to stop as of Tuesday. But then then guess what you're going to be bombarded with? Sales catalogs and flyers and commercials and and it, and the, it goes on and on and on. So we've got to get control of this. So whenever whenever we covet, it causes conflict, right? In our life, it simply does. I mean, when I want your car, that causes conflict for me. When I want your boat, when I want your house, when I want your wife, conflict? Yeah, that goes on all around, though, in our nation today. Everybody's coveting after what everybody else has. I just want you to see the picture. That leads to conflict. If I desire your position, if I want your lifestyle, if I want your reputation, and the list goes on and on and on. All of that leads to conflict, and we've got to get a hold of it. Number five here, wanting more leads to dissatisfaction. You are not going to be satisfied simply by getting more and more stuff. I mean, we think there are things that we must have, that we've got to have. We'll even go in debt to get it. And at the end of the day, it's not going to satisfy you. Why is that? It's because those things never change, and you do, right? I want you to look in Ecclesiastes 5 in verse number 10. It says, those who love money will never have enough. Underline that. Those who have it will never have enough. And how meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. It It doesn't. Did my microphone just go out? True happiness. Okay? The greatest cure or greatest cause of discontent is simply coveting matter of fact you remember last christmas do you remember and this is a poll that i want us to do byron if you will go ahead and put that up and if you're following along in our with your logos bible software app and you're following our service you're able to do this live poll and i sent out a text message to everybody today to try to download that do you remember what you got last christmas do you remember those gifts that you received last christmas you remember what it was you just had to have and you go out and you either bought it for yourself or your spouse or whatever? Do you remember what they are? You may remember. Some folks may remember. Some folks know. Well, we're getting a live thing here now. We've got four or five or two or six. It's changing, okay? I vaguely remember a lot of them. I mean, there's things that I'll ask for. You know, i got a birthday coming up. My wife is like, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for your birthday? And I can't even remember all the things that this come up. Oh, I'd like to have that. I'd like to have that. I'd like to have that. And then we get those things like, I can't even remember what I asked for. Right? I mean, do we really need all those things? So you guys are doing pretty good about remembering your gifts that you got last Christmas. Eight of you, and I know why you're doing that. I don't know if this is really true and honest because your spouse is sitting right beside you. And they bought that and they invested in that and they gave it to you. And if you put on there, no, you're in trouble. So I don't know how true this is going to be. But anyway, we see we've got some that, that do remember. So the point is simply this. And here's what I want you to get. I want you to realize, and this is the last thing I want you to jot down. Contentment is an attitude of the heart. Okay? It's an attitude of the heart. And Byron, if you will, I want you to put up that Matthew scripture. Matthew chapter 6. 
I want you to get look at this scripture. Matthew chapter 6. Actually, go back to verse uh, 25, Byron. I think I may have skipped. There you go. I want you to look at this passage of scripture. And let's read this together, okay? Everybody, let's read it out loud. Byron will work our way through these verses. But let's read this out loud together, okay? Let's read it. Here we go. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. Continue together. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Verse 27. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Verse 30. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear? Verse 32. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Leave that verse right there. Think about that. That worrying about stuff and about acquiring and about the things that we think we may need. Your heavenly Father, this is part of the solution. Your heavenly Father already knows what you need. And he will provide those things for you. So this thing that dominates our thoughts, that's what happens with unbelievers. We are not unbelievers. We believe in Jesus Christ who died for our sins. Who made a way for us to have a right relationship with our Heavenly Father. Who loves us so much that he died for us. Also loves us so much that he's going to care for us and take care of all of our needs. Therefore, we do not need to worry and fret and be fatigued and get into debt for all this other stuff that I've been talking to you about this morning. Can I get a witness? Put up verse 33, if you will, please, Byron. I'm going to close with this verse. And Brad, you get ready to come make your announcements. Verse 33 is simply this. But seek first. Seek when? First. Seek when? Shout it. Seek when? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So contentment is an attitude of the heart. It's me just simply giving my heart and giving my life to Christ, living for him, letting me simply seeking him first, seeking his righteousness, and trusting in him to take care of all the other things in my life. If we can do that, church, you will have a massive head start going into the holiday season. And you will come out the other side without a lot of fatigue, without a lot of unrest, without a lot of conflict, without a lot of debt. You'll be able to go into the holiday season with tremendous joy in your heart. Why? Because we're looking to Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith, the one who saved us, the one who sustains us, the one who said, I'll meet all of your needs according to my riches and glory. We're looking to him. It's a heart issue. 
against you. Are you with me? So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. God knows what you need. Seek him first. He'll take care of you. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for our time together today. And Lord, I just pray that we get a hold of our hearts by simply giving our heart and our life to you. God, don't help us not to worry and fret like unbelievers do. And help us not to have this uncontrolled desire to acquire stuff. God, we just need you. And you know exactly what we need. And we just pray that you meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory. And Father, if there's one here today that is struggling with some of these things that maybe I've mentioned, I pray that right now that they would give their heart and their life to you and simply pray a prayer like this, saying, Dear God, forgive me for forgetting that you love me and you care for me and that you'll meet all of my needs. And right now, I, I pray you forgive me. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I believe in Jesus Christ. I know you love me. You died for me. You came to save me. You came to make, make my relationship right with God. And I trust in you for all of that. I'm going to trust in you also for all these needs in my life. Help me to get control of this desire to acquire so that I can live a life of peace and happiness and love and joy and contentment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360 or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call, or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.